Are you aware of your life before you came onto this earth plane? Are you aware of life outside of the physical reality? And are you hiding in the closet with that, kind of afraid to let anybody know that you might see images or hear voices or feel presences? Today's guest, Nicole Bigley, is the host of A Psychic Story that I was featured on. And I hope that you enjoy today's conversation and feel encouraged that you don't have to feel alone in your spiritual journey, that you have places to go to be understood. Join us to find out more. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar Tribe. Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll, we'll see you at our, our next tribe, tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a different understanding of ourselves, an expanded view, a magical realization, you know, walking on that other side of life. I like to call it right side up world, because I've had that awakening where I was realizing as I transitioned, and it was very uncomfortable transitioning between these worlds, but I always used to think that life was normal the other way. And then I transitioned into this way. And then I realized I was actually living an upside down world. And that this is upside, this is the right side up world. And that was the upside down world. And that was totally weird and wonky. And now I'm like in this track and I'm like, oh, this is the way life is. Cool. And it's so much more clear and inspiring and um, magical, really. And so then how do you transition yourself to live between both worlds? So that's the topic for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. You know, I love having these conversations. Oh, my Lord. I just love, this is my jam. This is my jam. I love having these kind of conversations. And I'm so grateful for all of you that come back every single week, week after week to have these conversations with me. I am so grateful for that. I want to invite you into this conversation with my guest today, who is Nicole Bigley. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. So Nicole interviewed me over on her podcast, A Psychic's Story, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can check it out and have a listen over to Nicole's podcast and what happens over there in that world. I'm definitely grateful for all the um, podcast sharings and the conversations we get to have, like, in multiples with all these <laughs> wonderful hosts. Nicole is uh, also a Reiki healer. She's been a Reiki healer for 22 years. And she also does another business that the world knows she does. A certain part of the world knows she does that business. And then a certain other part of the world knows she does this other business. And there's probably some limited crossover. So we thought, you know, why don't we talk today about coming out of the psychic closet? And uh, Nicole is gracious to share her story with us of her own coming out. So tell us a little bit about how this process is. I mean, 22 years to doing Reiki and healing work and talking about psychic things for, I don't know how long the podcast has been going on, but like, tell us about that journey. How does it unfold for you? Yeah. So thank you for one, having me on the show and just being able to share my story. So I guess the best part is just kind of take a step back is that for the better part of my entire life, like when I was born, I knew I had these abilities. My family was very supportive of it. And to me, it was something that just, like you said, not very many people questioned until I got a little bit older, until I got into college years and everything else. And people did things what society does, which is pick your career and 
figure out what it is that you want to do as far as making money and what that looks like. And so I had a very, I don't want to say existential crisis, but a crisis of of moment where I was like, okay, well, if I can't do the psychic thing full-time, what do I do for my full-time job? And so I decided to go into communications. And so I liken it with, I communicate with alive people, people that are alive in PR and marketing during my full-time job. And that's what I decided to go to school for. And then also on the side and in the psychic closet, I did the readings and everything else, but that was really more for friends and family. So I had a moment at some point in the last two years, right before I did this the show, A Psychic Story, where my angels and guides and universe and just my soul was leading me to say, just share who you are. Like, why are you so scared to do this? What's the issue? And the issue is a lot. <laughs> the issue is a lot of what we all are going through right now, which is how far do you actually share the authenticity and that truth of who you are? And is that going to be something that you're worried about losing faith in losing friends, losing relationships, losing money, revenue, that sort of thing. Not because it's really something that we should be fearful of, but I think that's what society teaches us, right? So that's kind of the first part of what I'd like to share with your listeners. Yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, there's the coming out part in sense of like sharing this alternative view of the world with people or in a context where people might not be minded in that way. Like they may not be aware of those things themselves. And so then you're sharing this and it could be kind of weird for them, right? Like they don't know what you're talking about or they've never had that experience. And so how do you bring it up? And then again, there's so many closet psychics and so many closet people are totally fascinated by this, but they're just afraid to come out and say that they are. And then the minute you start saying it, like people start telling you all kinds of their own personal stuff. Like, have you had that happen where you're, you shared this a little bit or somebody found out you had this podcast and then they were like, oh, you know, like actually secretly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) do they tell you those kinds of things? Well, yeah, not that as much, I guess the listeners, which I'll get to in a second. But I think the biggest thing that I was afraid of is that I built like, so here's the deal, guys. Like, I'm not trying to my ego is not like, I'm the best person since I spread with PR, but my whole persona was showing the world or sharing with the world that I was able to take executives and give them a brand narrative about themselves. So we think about like, how do we show up every day? How do we share about our expertise? How do we share about our story in just a different relevant way, right? And so what started me thinking is that we take these aspects of ourselves, advertising, commercials, marketing, social media, all those things, and it's only a slice of it, right? It's not who we are inherently. It's just a very small piece. So that was, to me, a very eye-opening and a part of awakening for me that do I want to be part of this world all the time? Meaning that we are paid, we pay people like myself to share that, right? So there's that. But then yes, absolutely what you're talking about. It's less about people being disjointed most recently because I started to kind of, they know me, they're like, whoa, that also surprises me and doesn't surprise me. But the other part is that people are like, thank you for sharing your story because I thought I was crazy or I thought I was different in the sense that how do I share and, and show up? And so... That's the part, the show aspect of letting people know that they can, with the work that you do as well, is that there's a different side of it, right? Less, I I was afraid, I guess, let me take a step back. I was afraid that people would say, oh gosh, you are psychic and you're coming out. And then the other thing is when I did, they were like, not surprised. (laughs) So so I guess that's that's the other aspect. It's kind of more honest, isn't it? I mean, I had a similar experience when, I got divorced uh, 10 years ago and I started this spiritual path. Pretty quickly, I started using a drum and having a journey and stuff like that. And then I got this like huge mystical moment with a hummingbird about a year in and that came in my drum journey. And I was like, it was so potent for me. I was like, whoa, that's a message from spirit because I didn't make that happen. That just showed up. And, And so after that, I started calling myself Carrie Hummingbird, like in journey circles. And like that felt edgy at first. And then Pretty soon after about six months of that, I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to change my name because like, what's my name anyway? I'm just going to change it. You know, I'm going to put it on social media. And I did it on Facebook first. And then I went to LinkedIn, which I had like two decades of Silicon Valley people that I worked with in high tech as like a consultant, as a high paid consultant. And here I was changing my name from my name to Carrie Hummingbird, like on LinkedIn. People were like, you've lost your mind now. Like, <laughs> like you have lost your reason. 
Yeah. Well, you asked me right before this, my LinkedIn link. And I mean, you can look for me, Nicole Bigley, but it's the PR aspect. It's the marketing aspect. It's like, here's my 22 years of comms. I do not, or I have not created a LinkedIn profile for what you're talking about. Because I also feel like when people go there, they're going there to network for business or for marketing. And it's not that I'm hiding it. It's just more that it's almost confusing, I guess, to say like if right now I'm in a transition stage, but I can't imagine for you having like I'm right on that precipice of wanting to do it, what that was like. And also the messages that you probably got from people in, in doing so. Yeah, it's fascinating because it's, it's kind of like they already saw it coming because mm-hmm. I was I was going into the office after having been in Peru for a week or two weeks on a retreat where I did major energy medicine with the shamans and all this prayer and everything. And I'm come back all lit up. <laughs> And everyone's like, whoa, you're like neon, you know, it's like Las Vegas walking down the aisle, you know, because I have so much energy and I'm I'm so high vibe, you know, and they're all just like in the doldrums at their computer stations where they've been forever, you know, so it was like, that was shocking for people. But, you know, I think they saw it coming, you know, they saw it coming. They were like, you've always been kind of odd, you know, like you've never really fit in. Well, I think on an intuitive level, though, it makes sense, right? Because we all like somehow know where somebody's uniqueness lies or where their resonance and their truth lies. And so on one hand, whether it's your day-to-day work relationship or your relationship with your friends or your family or whatever it is, I don't want to say we're intentionally hiding secrets, but we are like not necessarily showing up because we're afraid in some cases how that's going to be judged or perceived or other things. At the end of the day, we all know it. We all know it, right? Because we all came from source. We all understand the vibe. So it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that you got the neon. They got the neon. They got that alert, you know, press release beforehand, but you just like confirmed it. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned LinkedIn. It's so interesting. LinkedIn, you know, we have this idea, well, that's business. Well, this is my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my business. So yeah, I've got, I'm on LinkedIn as the, as a leader of the great awakening, you know, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. So maybe it won't be understood for many decades to come, but eventually people will realize and mo- and people that are awake are already realizing, yeah, that's, that's what she's doing. She's leading the second wave, you know? So <laughs> she's actually just being honest about what she's doing. But it look it sounds so far out, you know? It sounds like, whoa. I think, I think that's the thing. It's because it's so far out from what we normally expect is that the way LinkedIn or these other platforms, like, so to take a step back, Facebook was created for college kids to connect, right? Instagram was for your photos and like your image of yourself. And then LinkedIn was that professional aspect and how you're going to connect with other professionals to get a career long, long term and everything else. So when you think about it, it's silos, it's silos. And it's again, perceptions of how we want people to think of us in society. And the only reason I haven't changed it is because I haven't made that switch from full time to part, from part time to full time. And so that's the only reason. But it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's just more confusing to people to be like, okay, am I going to her for a reading? Or am I going to her for like communications consulting with like the here and now, right? Very different. So I just need to think through, I guess, my own branding in a different way. Yeah, it's, it is a fascinating conversation, Nicole, that you bring up because a lot of people are waking up to their gifts in a spiritual sense and then wanting to be in purpose with those gifts and wanting to step forward, but still in an environment that's not exactly open or aware of it. Or, you know, so it's like, how do we make that bridge? Because a lot of what you're doing is useful also for people who are stepping into this kind of work, you know, who are life coaches or who are, a lot of my audience, people that are tuning into me are people who feel like we're leading, you know, that we're we're leading this great awakening and we're in service. So a lot of the things that you're doing for executives and companies or for brands, you're, you could easily also do for people that are in this consciousness field. And I think we need to start looking at ways to bridge those things, mm-hmm. right? So what are some of the ways that you came out of the closet, let's say with your, with um, close friends or family or clients that maybe didn't know that you you know, that this was part of your life? How did you bridge that? Yeah. So great question. The way I did it was, so to take a step back is I was 20 plus years into this. I was miserable, right? Not miserable because I wasn't making good money. I wasn't successful, that sort of thing. It's like spirit and universe gave me everything that, you know, that I thought I wanted, right? It's like the, 
you have the house, you have the car, you have the relationships, you have the career progression. And I was like, why am I just not happy? And so I started doing the internal work and every night and every morning and every other time praying. And finally, after, you know, it's almost like I love to say our guides and angels just kind of hit us over the head with it. And they gave me the way I see it is when they give me a marketing plan or they give me a communications plan. And they're like, listen, girl, <laughs> like I'm tired and I'm trying to go to sleep. And they said, this is what you need to do. You need to do a podcast. And then my first question was, well, this was two, over two years ago so before podcasts were super popular. And I was like, but why? And they're like, because one, you need to step out of the psychic closet. <laughs> I was like, okay. So there's that. But then they said all these other things, website and all of that. The reason it was important is because my friends and family knew I was truthful to them about it. It was more about executive world and everything else. And I was afraid to go out publicly because of all the things that we talked about before. More or less like, am I going to lose my job? They thought, you know, are they going to want to put me in a loony bin? Are they going to call me into HR and say like, what's going on? <laughs> like, are you having an existential crisis? All of that. And finally, it was just a ripping off the bandaid. And I felt trust in the universe enough to say, this is who I am. This is also something that you can't have part of me. I think that's the other thing that's super important for the audience to hear. And your audience knows this is that there's no like half seas in this world right now where we are. If we're leaders, if we're going through a great awakening, if we're going through these different steps, there's no half-assing it. You can't just say, I want to sort of do this in my part-time or I want to sort of do this in there. There's Yes, there's only so many hours of the day, but ultimately, what are you trying to achieve? And for me, it was... I only can share my story and my experience. And from that, hopefully others can learn. Okay, well, is that super important? Yes, it's important for each of us because no matter how big or small you feel you are in the whole grand masterpiece of it, you have an extremely important role. So what I did was I got a website. I went out there. I did the podcast. I put my bio, my photo out there. I didn't change my name. I used my full name. People were saying, well, do you really actually want to use your first and last name and all of that? And just embraced it. And the best part of that is that from that standpoint, it was almost like a snowball effect of just everybody knowing, all right, not only is that who I am, but also that gave them confidence and learning and wanting to embrace who they are. And that was so surprising. I think it shouldn't be, but I would love your perspective on this. It was so surprising for me, but just having somebody or myself step into the truth and own it that gave other people that confidence that I didn't realize that we needed so much. Yeah, I think it makes a huge difference, actually, especially the more kind of rational you've been up until now, according to other people. <laughs> if you've <laughs> like, I was pretty rational. Like, I I did high tech API programmer references and explained how all this like really complex technical stuff worked, right? So I, I'm like somebody who's got a good brain. So then you look at me, and, and then I'm like, I make this transition. They're just like, whoa, you could be totally down with all these woo-woo conversations. Like you understand this stuff. That's so crazy. But it also is kind of like, oh, whoa, like you're actually really grounded as a person and you're pretty practical and you're saying that this is something that's happening to you. So it's not just some crazy thing. So I think it's that. I think people see it and they they go, well, all right, this, this is a closer. This is like the six degrees of separation, right? It's like, how many people do you know that you just inspired because you were confident enough to come out with it and be like, this is who I am. And when I changed my name on Facebook at first, people were like, oh my God, that's totally right. That's who you are completely. Right. Like that's way more true than that other name. Well, for you, it was probably changing it because you had the realization and it made sense from your energy, right? For me, it was PR people that were saying, do you really want to do this? Maybe you should sort of dip your toe in and not use your real name. But that would have been hiding yourself. And right. I feel like that's, that's not... That's exactly what I said. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that would have been hiding you. And there's something that's so earnest and authentic about you. I mean, that's part of your personal brand, I feel, from you. Would you say that about yourself, that authenticity is part of actually your personal brand? Not just personal brands, but it was also the part where my angels and guides were telling me is that you can't show up and do this line of work, be a light worker, be part of the great awakening, do these other things if you're not walking the truth that you're that you're talking. Like the saying is do as I say, not as I would do as I whatever it is. Like that saying, like do as I say, not as I do, like don't right. Yeah, but you right. have to do you have to demonstrate. You have to do in this line of work as a light worker, as a healer, as whatever we want to define ourselves, which I'm that's the other thing about my shows. I really hate definitions. Like I hate defining things. There's all these myths and misconceptions about what it is that we do. 
But the one thing at the heart of it is truly being who you think you are and embracing it, whatever that definition is. That's why it's a psychic story is because I'm not psychic. I'm not psychic any differently than anybody else is on any given day, right? I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but I'm also not defining myself as a PR person or a psychic person. That's the whole thing. It's breaking down these boundaries that we think that we are. It's about who we are inherently. And that can never be defined. That can only be felt. Felt and perceived and experienced. I mean, because psychic aspects of ourselves are experienced and mm-hmm. they're different for everybody, which drives people crazy when they start to open up this path. It drove <laughs> me crazy because I was like, oh, what is clairvoyance and and do I have it? And, and what what spectrum, what aspect of the spectrum am I, on, am I on, right? All of that. Yeah. And then how do I open that up? Because my pendulum won't even work the right way. And I can't, you know, like, like there's, I mean, and I was, and what frustrated me from it was I'm an artist, right? So I'm always been this visual artist. I was always, I always wanted to be a professional artist for a long time. So um, that was what I was doing before I stumbled onto this path was I was trying to be a professional artist. And so when, when I started, started opening up my clairvoyant skills and then I, I wasn't seeing, I was so frustrated because I was like, I'm an artist. I'm supposed to see visions. Like, where are the visions? And for me, that part wasn't coming through, but I was feeling like all this body stuff. Like I was having all this body awareness and like feeling and sensing in my body, all this kind of amazing information, you know? So talk a little bit about that process. Like, how have you noticed yourself like that opening up for you? You're, cause you're talking about psychic stuff. So like, you've got to be able to talk all the different sides around it. Tell us a little bit about what you've discovered. Yeah. So the biggest thing, exactly what you're saying is that most people think, okay, I'm not psychic or I am psychic. But then the biggest thing is that from my opinion and my perspective is that we all have an ability and we can call them gifts, we can call them whatever, and we're on different spectrums or we have access to it. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it just depends on how dialed up or dialed down we are and how open we are to it. For me, the biggest thing was I had already kind of embraced it throughout my life, early growing up all the way through my adulthood. The difference was coming out and acknowledging it and actually changing that brand, that personal brand, and communicating and owning who it was as a person and who in who I am. So that was the biggest thing, which is a little bit different than some other people that are probably listening because a lot of other people start from the, I know there's something like what you're saying. I know that there's a purpose for me. I know that there's something else that I need to do. I know that I have this intuitive ability. Am I an empath? Am I a whatever? And it's like, stop. The first thing is just stop and take a breath and take a moment and just say, gosh, I'm really grateful to be here and to have this experience at this moment in time and this dimension because it took a lot to get me here. It took a lot to get you here, every other single individual. And even if you think or don't think that you have this ability or gift, it absolutely is in your DNA and your resonance to own it. So that's the other thing. And when you sit in it and you're like, wow, that's powerful. That's a powerful resonance, right? Just to know that. So then leaning into what you're saying, the next thing that I had, and this was like almost like an aha moment, is when I'm leaning into it and my spirits and angels and, and guides were like, well, you should do readings. And I was like, first of all, you wanted me to do the podcast. Now you want me to do readings. And by the way, there's all these practitioners out there. I don't need to do readings on top of it. But the reason why they said that is because, not because I'm giving anybody any information that they can't get from somebody else. It was more of a confirmation and ability for me to take it to the next level to show people that, what's the word that I'm trying to like, or the message I'm trying to download is that it's more confirmation that we all need it at this moment in time and that everybody has the different ability to apply it, if that makes any sense. And so it's, I guess you think about psychics as like 1-800-1-800 psychic, I'm going to get a reading. Am I with this person? Am I not with this person? That sort of thing. And for me, it was ultimately at the end of the day, how do you then take it to the next level? And you talk about the great awakening and it's really about waking people up and not about who they're supposed to be with or what career trajectory they're supposed to get. (laughs) Yeah, it's not about third dimensional material stuff. Like we all want to use it for that (laughs) because we're in the body and we're in the time and we like to be comfortable and we like to be satisfied and delighted and all that. So we like to use these psychic gifts to try to get something materially. Yes. But it's not really about that. It's about wake it up, you know, to change the consciousness of the planet. That's a, and as a byproduct of that, then there's probably going to be some fun material experiences, but that's the byproduct. That's not the focus, but most of us flip it. Like the law of attraction 
attract so many people to it because they they think that it's going to help them get what they want. Right. And that when you asked the question, I guess that's why I was struggling with it is it's less like I was like, what am I doing readings for? I have no desire to talk to people necessarily about who they're going to be with for the rest of their lives or their career trajectory or this, that, and the other. Although I realize that's important and it is more what you're talking about and what others are getting at, which is how can I help you on your spiritual journey? And what does that path look like? And to me, that's why that I was like, time out. Because I was like, that's a huge ask of me. <laughs> but it's like, why are you in it to play small? Like you're here or I'm here to help and to guide and to be part of something bigger, right? And not because I'm important, although I am important, but we're all connected. We're all connected, right? And one of the, you know, this is so interesting too, because some of us just might have more gifts in certain areas, just activated already just by design. Maybe that's just because we had some life path and then something happened and the assemblage point got shifted and bam, like it opened up and now you're like online to help others. So it's just, you know, or maybe you just came in and you just had it. So we all have different life plans and we all have the capability. And that's one of the messages I keep getting about the great awakening is that yes, there, you know, as I talk about in the second wave book, there are a lot of galactic visitors to the planet at this time incarnated as human to help other people that are primarily human to wake up these gifts. But everybody, regardless of whether they're a galactic visitor or not, everybody can awaken. Everybody has the ability. So it doesn't matter if, you have a, if you're a starseed or if you're just straight all human, it doesn't matter. You're in a body, you have consciousness, you can wake up. So that's the message they keep giving me. And it's kind of comforting to remember who you are. Like it's comforting for those of us who maybe weren't necessarily human all the way through along, feel kind of comforted to know like, oh my gosh, I'm a Pleiadian. Oh, well, no wonder I'm not really at home here. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, no wonder it's hard to be on Earth because it's so dense, you know? Maybe that's why this is so difficult for me particularly. But that's just kind of like a need to know and a kind of a nice thing to comfort myself, like to kind of know that thing now. But I always thought I was human. I never knew that information until recently. So we're all human, you know, and the, I think the reason we come in to be all human like this is so because it doesn't actually matter where you're from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or how Absolutely. many lives you've had. It's yeah. all, we all share this experience. We're all here at the cusp of humankind waking up to galactic consciousness. That's very fucking cool. It's super fucking cool. And it's also one of those things where from a consciousness standpoint, what's crazy to me is that if you think about it, you and I, I think we talked about this in the interview, but it's like you and I are having this conversation and no other two people in the galaxy, on earth, whatever, having this conversation. But then the people that are tuning in, same thing. And each individual person's perspective is going to be different and have that different point of view. And to me, that's super fascinating, no matter what our history is or where we came from, because that consciousness is truly cementing it and is embodying the energy of the conversation, the emotions and everything else we're experiencing. And that to me is just really cool. And I think a lot of people don't realize that we have a lot of unseen spectators for this earth experience, you know? So those of us that are embodied and being actors in this great play, this great drama, and that's unfolding. But then there's a whole lot more that are unseen that are spectators of this whole experience that we're having right now. And they gather around and they're like really fascinated by this. And then maybe they decide to jump on into a body and like be part of it too. So, you know, it's, we're so connected. It's like, I hear so many people talk about, oh, I'm so lonely. I don't like being alone or this or that. And it's like, you're never alone. It's actually impossible to be alone. I have erected shields and blackout curtains around, you know, at periodical time just to try to create a sense of like separation and aloneness from the allness that is watching. And it's like periodically some success at like, oh, look at me, I'm all alone. Nobody can get me. But it doesn't last very long. It takes way too much energy to to maintain that. But you bring up something that's important. That's because a lot of people are so, you know, not to get super deep, but to get deep is that it's indoctrinated in the matrix, right? Our perception is exactly what's we're physically conceived versus what we energetically have access to, right? Exactly. And I think it's like, you know, when you're in the dense part of your journey, that's all mental mm-hmm. and physical, you're not really aware of the subtle bodies, right? The subtle messages, especially if you have a rock concert blaring inside your head. 
you can't hear the messages that are coming through. But like the more quiet it gets, the more quiet, the more quiet, the more quiet, the more still it gets. You can hear all these messages. And then it's like this flow that happens. And I'm often in the flow. Like right now, I'm totally in the flow. Like I'm just in that flow. And I channel and whatever else is just like, I just allow it all to happen. And in that flow, it feels great because the energy is just flowing through. And I don't need to worry about what's coming out my mouth because I'm just here with you. you know. And that's fun that way because then I surprise myself. Right. And also, but not everybody can necessarily connect from that standpoint. So I think like for your listeners and depending on what they're looking at. And for me, the way like how we got to the conversation and why I'm on your show is that even someone, and I can raise my hand here, even someone that was on a spiritual path, on a spiritual journey, knew I wanted to have some sort of impact, not just on my own personal life, but on others. It took a lot of work or a lot of, I want to say work as much as insight and awareness to know and to feel those emotions and say, okay, where are they coming from? Where are those thoughts coming from? They're not of me, they're external of me. And then how do I shift and change it? And the biggest thing, and the most people are like, well, how do you do that? Like, it sounds so hard. It's really not hard, right? You're nodding in agreement. It's acknowledge, it's like acknowledging, hmm, I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? I'm not happy because I'm not living in my authentic truth. What is my authentic truth? Oh, and nine times out of 10, it's something that you're fearful, fearful in air quotes of because you're like, I don't want to leave that relationship. I don't want to leave that job. I don't want to rebrand myself or come out of like who I am authentically because I'm afraid of the unknown. And ultimately, my biggest message that I always get, and people are like, it's a fortune cookie, but it's true, is that... I'm embracing this and living this because if I just like lean into who I am, then at the end of the day, like, how do I know that the universe doesn't have anything more grand and profound and designed for me than I do? I don't. So if I trust in that and know in that, then and lean into it, then the fear dissipates. Yeah. And the more examples you get of that being true, the more the fear dissipates too. But you can only know that by leaning in mm-hmm. to follow your heart, basically. That's what it, That statement sounds so trite, but in the quiet space of my heart, when I get down into my heart and I pop the question down and I listen for the the answer to to just kind of bubble up from within me, usually whatever that answer is, is the correct path. Mm -hmm. And then I might be in conflict with myself about it because my brain might be arguing about that. Like, well, that's going to require too much work, or I don't know if I have money for that, or (laughs) I don't have time for that, or like all the excuses. But the heart is calling forth. And so I always tell people, like, take the initiation, like your heart's calling you forth, get on the diving board, look down. Yep. It's a high diving board. (laughs) Jump off, just jump because there's something there at the bottom for you that you're going to find, you know, you might even like find yourself lifted by a floaty cloud. You know, you'd have no idea what's going to happen. So, but if you don't take the risk to try that out, take the adventure, you're never going to find that. You're not going to discover your intuitive power, right? Because intuition requires us to listen to it. And that's how it gets stronger is that you listen to the intuition. It tells you go down to the coffee shop today. You're like, well, I don't want to go to the coffee shop. You get your ass in the car, you go to the coffee shop. Because you you never know why. (laughs) Because you don't know why. And then all of a sudden your childhood friend walks in the door. What? Mm -hmm. Or you never know like what ripple effect that has by that simple decision right? That simple decision. It could have been because you got in the car, because you went to the coffee shop, because you tried a different cup of coffee, because you ran into somebody else. You smiled at somebody that day that wasn't expecting it, that really needed it, that you ran into your childhood friend. It's all designed, which is crazy and amazing at the same time, right? But you don't have to understand. It's just trust in it. That's what this whole psychic thing is about. I believe, I feel. Mm -hmm is to get us into that synchrony flow where we're in the dream state and we're just flowing along with life and following its cues to reveal the next present, the next moment, the next aha, the next connection. And then we take, it's like, it's the opposite of like, if you were playing a video game and in your mind, you're like, oh, I remember where everything is. I'm going to go find it all. That's one way. That's mm-hmm. like the third party like doing it. And that's our will. Our will can do that. This is more like the game itself is saying, hey, Carrie, get in your car. Hey, Carrie, start the engine. Hey, Carrie, drive down to the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Hey, Carrie, sit at this table. Hey, Carrie, watch. Mm-hmm. Listen. And I'm sitting there like, why am I here? 
part of me is arguing. What the heck am I doing sitting here? This is a waste of my day. Why am I sitting here? And then all of a sudden that person walks in. Oh my God, this is so crazy. I was brought here because of you. And now we have this conversation. And in that conversation, some key problem that I was facing is resolved. Right, exactly. And I think the way that you're describing it too is because society tells us that we don't have these abilities or it should be poo-pooed or all these other things, right? I liken it to the way I breathe, the way I see, the way I feel. We've questioned it for so long growing up that then the moment we want to turn it on and trust that intuition or trust that psychic aspect, it adds in another complication of layer of it's who we are. I think the biggest moments of challenge I've had in my life is when my psychic ability is turned off because I'm so close to things. And that's when I've spiraled, which is different from a lot of people. But for me, it's like when it's not happening, it's like losing my eyesight. I'm like, what's going on? So I think that for people that can like just open the door, crack it open a little bit and say, all right, I'm open to this. All those things you're saying, when you do it just once or twice, it doesn't even have to be multiple times, just like a few times and handful of your day. It makes such a difference in your life and in your spiritual journey and your practice. Yeah. And everyone's pathway is different because you were talking about talking to your angels and your guys and stuff like that. So some people, that's the path. For me, I open the four directions. I talk to the South, the West, the North, and the East. I talk to the mountains. I invite it all in every single day. And I said, please guide me. So whatever your method, you know, that's just the other thing about the psychic conversation. It's not evil. Okay? Like, Thank you for saying that. It's, it's not. not yeah. It's your consciousness. Like, how is that evil? The way you communicate with the great creator that's organizing this whole drama play anyway and is guiding you along through it. So it really can't be evil. You know, you're just, you're listening. All you're doing is listening. Listening has never been evil in my, to yourself. You're listening to yourself. (laughs) To yourself. And to the creator that's, you know, the matrix creator that's doing all this creation and connection and synchrony between you and me and everybody else, you know, anyone who's listening to this. It cannot be evil. So whatever way it shows up for you is the perfect way. That's why I love the the message from White Eagle in the second wave book about, dude, it's your unique thumbprint. That's why you have one of those. Did you ever wonder why you have a unique thumbprint? I think it's to remind us that, hey, you're not like anybody else. So your life's not going to look like anybody else's. <laughs> well, exactly. Your, uh, what is it? Your DNA. There's no DNA that's just like your thumbprint that's like anybody else's at all, ever, and will never, ever be. Like cloning, you can talk about that for a whole nother topic, but it still will never be you. Your DNA, your unique resonance, your thumbprint, anything else, because of all the stuff that you just mentioned. You're here to make an imprint, literally your fingerprint, your fingerprint on life. (laughs) You're here to explore all the, like if that was Pac-Man, you're here to like Pac-Man your way through your entire (laughs) thumbprint. And find out all the, all the little, get all the little nuggets and chew them all up and your gold and everything inside there. That's, that's a lot of paths in there right now that I'm looking at. I know you got two of them. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot to explore. And if you don't explore it, nobody else will. So stop being afraid of yourself, everybody. <laughs> like quit that. But, but you know what? I do want to ask you the question. Why do you think people are afraid of ourselves? Like, or myself? Is it because we're afraid of our potential? Is I think it's because of the control it, matrix. It? Mm, okay. I think it's because that, that was an easy way to control people was to disempower them by cutting themselves off from themselves. Because if people really think they're all they are is a body and a mind and that some hands to like plow a field, then they're going to be very easily controlled. Because if you're not tapped into your higher self and you're not plugged into your body and the, the wisdom of the planet, then you don't have access to the next best step for you. But the moment you are plugged back in, the moment you're plugged into your intuition, however it works for you, the moment you're connected into the planet, you're able to guide your way. And so whatever someone's trying to do to control you doesn't work anymore because you're going to be navigated a way out of that and around it and someplace else that's more productive for you. So I think it was a system of control to make people afraid of themselves so that they would just buckle down and do their work and pay their tithe at church and all this kind of stuff. And we're breaking that system now. We're like, no, we're not down with that anymore because nobody's better than anybody else and nobody should be controlling anybody else. But I also think it's complacency, honestly. Like, I think it's that. And then the fact that if you think like, so if I look back the last 20 years of my life, 
if my higher self had said, okay, Nicole, this is what you were meant to do. I think I would have been like, you're crazy. And no, I don't want that, quite frankly. (laughs) Only maybe it's because of what you said, the matrix and everything else. But also I think it's because I guess tuning into it, I would have felt at that time I was not worthy and that I wasn't capable of doing it, right? Now that I'm here, it's less that I don't feel worthy and not capable of doing it. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work. I'd rather just sit in Netflix and chill. Yeah. See, we. I think you're speaking to is the layers of egoic consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So at some point, what I'm saying is true. We were all conditioned in a certain way. Right. But then also what happened is we got conditioned in that way and we got complacent. And we got used to people telling us how to do things and like where to sit and how long and when can you get up and what should I eat and where, you know, all of this, here's the television, sit down, watch it. Like, so yeah, we got programmed to kind of be complacent. But I'll tell you, when you take the adventure as you have towards unlocking this direct relationship, like I remember years ago, I said, I want to interface directly with the creator. That would be cool. And so I started this journey of interfacing directly with my creator. And it's like, wow this is cool. Not to say it's not challenging. It is because there's no roadmap except the one inside me and my conversations with creator. I can't listen to anybody else because they don't have my answers. I sure want somebody else to give me the answers because that's why you go to psychics, right? (laughs) To get the answers. But eventually, like, and we can help each other. Often we can hear for each other better than we can hear for ourselves. But ultimately it's the adventure you go on with your own spirit and with your own creator. That's the awesome journey. Like that's the the intimate connection, that's the, that's the beauty way. That's the mystery school is life. And it's waiting for every single person who's listening to this. It's why we came here. Yeah. We came here to have the adventure. And have fun and not be scared of ourselves. Like you said. (laughs) Yeah. And then, okay. So I want to say one more mind blowing thing that came up to me like a few weeks ago in ceremony. I was like, all of a sudden it occurred to me, if I am a, the whole ocean in a drop, and so is everybody else, then that means we're one being, which we kind of know there's all that is, then why would I ever be afraid to talk to myself? You're myself and I'm myself and the tree is myself and everybody is myself. Why would, it, why would I be afraid to talk to myself? Because we're all the same self. And then the judgment, it's like, not only am I judging myself, myself, like in the day-to-day, I'm judging others and we're all connected and we're all the one source. Then we're all judging ourselves. It's just a vicious cycle. It it is. When you actually expand your spiritual mind to start thinking about the fact that we are all interconnected and we're actually just one being that's divided itself into all these little aspects to interact with itself, then I'm talking to myself by talking to Nicole right here. And then myself in the audience is listening to myself, Carrie, and myself, Nicole, talk about ourselves but we're all having the same conversation. So like this- Different experiences. I know. And so the fact that like this war and all this stuff that goes on on the planet, it's like, how does that even happen? Because I think it's just because people don't realize that we're all the same self. Like we would never do that to ourselves if we knew that we were all the same self. One of the better things that I heard somebody say, they were laughing about this. It's another awakened soul. It's like on Instagram. And I like had a chuckle is that he was saying, he's like, I'm watching this guy walk his dog and get irritated about his dog, like tying himself around this walk, like, you know, and the guy's going, and he's like, and I'm, I had a chuckle because it's God or God source or whatever universal spark. And not only is that myself watching God get annoyed by this situation, but the dog and then the dog and all, and he's like, and I just had a laugh at that. And that put it into such a perspective of, huh, everything around us, right? Like you said, the connectedness and all of that. And then also just from a, it reminds me of stepping back from a loving place and just watching it unfold from a greater sense of compassion. A much greater sense and plus humor. I think that's where delight comes from. (laughs) It's because I've been working on moving out of seriousness and getting into delight. And I think this is a true path is because once you realize, like really realize it, let it sink in. Like anything that's irritating me is also me. You're irritating yourself. I'm irritating, just irritate. So why would I choose to irritate myself? I don't choose to do that. So I'm like, okay, well, this part of myself is annoyed, but this part of myself is delighted. And so I'm just going to allow everyone to be exactly where they are and just know that currently I'm, I'm having some measure of this part of aspect of me, of the collective is having this experience of experiencing delight and 
cool. I'm glad to be that part of me right now. And what's so fascinating is because <laughs> I've asked Spirit, I'm like, but why? Why do I have to have this experience of annoyance or whatever else? And they're like, and just like you're saying, it's if you didn't have that, if you didn't have that mirror and have those other experiences, and how would you know the joy, the delight, all those other things that are allowing you to embrace it in its entirety? Exactly. Yeah. I feel like these voices that you hear are the same voices I hear. It's all the same voices, right? It's the same guidance that comes through from whatever teacher, helper spirits or ancestors or whatever have come before, right? That are just like guiding us through our current experience of this phenomenon that some fractal little piece of consciousness that's called Carrie Hummingbird is getting (laughs) to experience this now, right? But it's all the same consciousness. It's like, you're some piece of that fractal and I'm some piece of that fractal. And we're coming back together now. We're merging. And I think that's why we're able to hear the ancestors now. And we're able to really, the veil is thin because we're starting to realize, oh, that is me too, because of past lives and things like that. Like, how do you even know that that's not you in the other life? The ancestors are also us. Oh, yeah. What blows my mind and which is probably a whole nother conversation is when I think about what we had talked about, there's really no timeline. (laughs) It's all happening now. Right. So when I think about all the quote unquote mistakes I made earlier on in my life or even past lifetimes or anything else, like this is the other thing that I got downloaded to me, which like, I was like, okay, guys, I need a whole month to discern this is when they were like, you can heal not just yourself now, but all those past lifetimes. And by the way, you're experiencing them right now. So why don't you change it? Like that whole saying where they're like, the past is the past. You can't change it. They're like, oh, hell no. You can absolutely change the past because the past is here now. And I was like, whoa. So when I think about that, I'm like, that's amazing. The, the great awakening part of it is what you were getting to earlier is that it's all of us starting to realize that and almost center ourselves and embrace that emotion and that vibration and the healing energy that's coming in and know with that knowingness that we have the power and the ability to change and not be so linear and focused on just the present, but that it's all, all around us. It certainly is. And yeah, that's what being, you know, that's what this whole path that I've been on is all about is, is recapitulating the past and deciding that's how you make new timelines. I actually had this, I'll just share this story and then we'll wrap up because this is, this is so pertinent. Years ago, I was studying um, the Four Winds Light Body School, energy medicine. And I was aware that through using these practices, I was able to hop timelines. And there was this one particular practice and I can't share it because it's secret, you know, it's part of their curriculum. But there was this one practice where we brought in universal energy and then did it on like a medicine wheel and basically shifted everything around. Like whatever the thing was going on, we just like transformed the whole energy of that pattern, like everything in a holistic way that was going on in my life at the time. And I did this practice several times in a row. And I was aware that every single time I did that practice, I was like jumping, hopping, skipping to a different timeline. And so I was in this effort to get myself into the timeline with the best possible destiny and outcome. And then once I arrived here, I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) Like, I'm not worried about the other timelines. I'm like, whatever those, I'm in the one I wanted to be in. So I'm fine now. And I actually remember waking up, like coming back and waking up into this timeline. Like there was this moment of like, I'd been in a different timeline and it didn't turn out very well. And so I wanted to like do that over. And so I came back in here to like, okay, I'm going to get on the right timeline now. And I'm using these tools to get on the timeline I wanted to be on, which is the successful timeline. So that's why I also don't worry too much because I know it looks dire out there, but I also know that I'm on the successful timeline because I I intended to be here on this one and I worked to get here. So I'm not too worried about all that because I know it works out in the end, but we do have to put effort in. So don't give up anybody like, please, you know, (laughs) pedal to the metal. Like, let's do this transformation stuff. But this is the good timeline. <laughs> so, and with that, <laughs> and with that, I mean, gonna, we have to have more yeah. conversations, Nicole. Like, this cannot yeah. be it because it's just too good. I know. I love it. Thank you so much again for having me. And hopefully, I answered your questions. I know it was, we went around a little bit, but it's like hard not to when you're talking about this kind of stuff because, again, it's present, but we're not in the present. We're in the here and now and all in between, right? Exactly. We, we're, it's all over the place. <laughs> Time is like this. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much yeah. <laughs> and then like multidimensional. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, awesome. Well, I will, um, I'll be getting this uh, interview out there real shortly. And is there anything that you would like to share with the audience? I mean, I know that you have your podcast. I'm definitely going to link over to a psychic story and of course to my episode. So you guys can check that out too. But anything else you want people to know about you and your services? Um, They might be interested in you for PR, for all kinds of things. So how do people reach you? Yeah. So the biggest thing is a psychic story. So a psychic story.com. And you can also find the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. That's the biggest thing I'm feeling led to really share right now is because there's a grander plan. There's more. There's, there's more, guys. Oh, there's, there's more. So, there's so much more. So you absolutely can book a session with me. Although honestly, I feel like booking with Carrie or other practitioners who I've interviewed because I felt led. They've been booked by my angels and guides. So you know that they've been vetted. And yeah, there's just more coming in the next several months. But if everybody can stay tuned and if you sign up for my newsletter, you will find out more there. I don't know when that will be, when that news will drop, but they'll tell me. Oh, I love mysteries. Awesome. So, okay, that go in the show notes too. And I encourage you guys to all check that out. Please also consider liking, subscribing, and sharing this episode out wherever you found it. YouTube, if you're not on YouTube yet, go find me over there. This is how we get it out there because those search engines are technology-based and they require engagement and interaction in order to promote episodes. So we're still in that mode. So please do that for us. And um, also join Soul Nectar Tribe because there's more goodies in Soul Nectar Tribe right around the corner and maybe even something from Nicole. We'll see. We'll see. So come join Soul Nectar Tribe, carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com forward slash membership. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week, everybody. And here's some kisses. Give kisses to everybody. We're going to do it now. We love you. Trust your intuition. See you next time. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of the nectar, from the source of who you are.